Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. This week we're joined by Jess and Jess is a college student who's also a fitness instructor and I love this episode. It's actually two parts so today is just part one. Part two comes out on Thursday and you're just gonna love this because Jess is like that best friend that just like pushes you and motivates you to want to better yourself and want to go to the gym and she brings so much positivity with her and so we go into her story of what she tried in her past with fitness, what didn't work, what worked, what led her to creating these classes. And now she uses fitness to just build her confidence and confidence in her clients. And so we discuss that. We discuss our thoughts on transformation photos and how to make exercise a non-negotiable in your life. So we talk about all that today. And then on Thursday, you'll be listening to part two. And so subscribe so you don't miss that episode. And then also, before we jump in, I do have the Facebook group that we're growing over there. It's called Girls Gone Healthy, Healthy Tips in Your 20s. The link is right down below or just search that in your Facebook and go join the conversation there. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, today we are joined by Jess and me and Jess actually met because, you know, I love what she's putting out there into the world. She has a few different brands that she'll be talking about. She has her own podcast, Be Your Best, and I actually came on that show a few months ago, so go check it out. But Jess is a retired dancer turned fitness instructor, so thank you for coming on today, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and it's actually really cool to do kind of a follow-up of like you came on my podcast to come back on and and then actually we can have a little catch-up of what's been going on for both of us in the meantime. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I know that you were a retired dancer and now you are a fitness instructor while you're in college. And so I was wondering if you could talk to us kind of about how you started that whole transformation of being a dancer and where you're at now. Mm -hmm. Of course. So yeah, I'm in college. I'm in my fourth year slash senior year for all my American friends. And uh, that means I literally just turned 21. I was a competitive dancer my entire life growing up. And I stopped when I was 16. No, 15. So I stopped at the end of 10th grade, which means I've been not dancing now for five years, I think. Uh, but dance was was my entire life. And I think anyone who was a, a former competitive athlete can relate to, you know, you're spending probably equal amounts of time at school and training. And it got to a point where, you know, there was a few injuries kicking in. It was so expensive. And I knew that it's not like it was something I did for fun, but it was never something I wanted to do as a career. And I knew also I wasn't like, good enough to do it as a, a professionally. And I had to make a really hard choice. I could have very well kept going until the end of high school, but I could feel my grades slipping and I had no balance. Like I just, I could not handle, like basically I say doing competitive dance and competitive school at the same time. So I decided to leave and that decision itself was really tough. And a lot, also a lot of my friends like stuck it out. They did it till the end of grade 12 because um, they were doing competitive dance, but maybe not competitive school. So... (laughs) Anyways, I left and I said, okay, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to get a job and join a gym. So I did both of those things, got a gym membership. And I remember walking in the first day to sign up and the lady, so well-intentioned, was asking, what are your fitness goals? And I was like, well, I think I just want to like stay healthy and active. Like just kind of, you know, I was dancing 16 hours, 20 hours a week and I want to, you know, 
just make sure I stay active. She's like, no, that's not a goal. We need a fitness goal. And she's really pressuring me because I mean, to no fault of her own, like that's the sales script that she's been taught to, to tell people of, okay, do you want to gain strength, muscle? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to have more energy? Do you want to, um, prevent injury? Like, and it's targeted towards what I would say a, a big box gym, their ideal consumer is, which is someone who's, you know, I don't know, probably mid thirties, mid forties, even mid fifties, working full time, has kids at home, very sedentary lifestyle, and actually has like a health problem that they need to start exercising or, or they either have one or they're going to have one if they don't start soon. And so to come in as an ex-competitive athlete, literally like 15, 16 years old, and to be pressured into these fitness at the time, like obviously it was so well-intentioned, but that actually ended up being kind of harmful because I went from, you know, not really thinking there was anything. I just finished dance. Like I was in a great position. I just needed to stay active. Great mindset, especially for like a 15, 16 year old, you know, like my dance studio was really great about, I know you hear horror stories about dance studios who make their like girls go on diets or exercise plans or my studio is not like that. And so, and then I, you know, over time in this gym environment, I started to actually, and also called John online, I started to believe that maybe I did need to have, you know, a washboard abs, or maybe I did need to have a bigger butt, or maybe I did need to have a thigh gap. And that kind of spiraled into like these, you know, confidence problems of, of looking in the mirror and just like consistently not being happy with what I saw. And I started, um, so I found group fitness. I love group fitness. And that's where I kind of like fell in love with it. But then on pause, my school schedule got a little crazier and I couldn't really make the evening group fitness time slot. So I was going to the gym at weird times of the day and I started doing this um, program called BBG by Kayla Zinas. And if you're familiar with online fitness culture, you probably know Kayla Zinas. She's like, oh yeah, you're actually not even the first to come on and say that you've like tried that program. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've done such a good, like in terms of business, like I really respect what they've done and, you know, they know what their mission is. They're trying to accomplish. They, they're everywhere. They have a good program. Like the workouts work, they're effective, they're hard. But the thing that didn't work so well for me was, you know, ingrained in this kind of Instagram culture that really was pioneered by Kayla is to take these weekly transformation photos and what's supposed to be something that's really motivational is like, here I am like 16, 17 years old, putting on a bikini in the middle of winter, like snow's falling outside. I'm just wearing a bikini to take this transformation picture from a week before. Like that's so, and, and she's even said, she's like, you know, this program is designed for adults. If you're younger in high school, like go play a sport, go, go do something with your friends. Like you don't need to be training like this. Yeah. But you're not going to like listen to that. You're like, oh, but I want that. No, you're not going to listen. And it's easy to be like, oh, well, I turned 18 in like six months. So what's the difference? And anywho, you know, obviously it's 2020 hindsight. I didn't realize at the time, but that was, you know, like pretty damaging to just like be like comparing your body and looking for like these small minute changes that could have just as easily been from like a hormones fluctuating or, you know, waking, like, like taking a picture in the morning versus the evening or, um, having extra water weight from like you had a salty food the day before or something like that. And so I think that's not really a good picture of, of health or fitness. If you're kind of you, just using this one snapshot in time, like a physical appearance to show what your fitness is and kind of ties into 
Okay, I'm getting really carried away ahead of myself. Uh, I was just going to say three different body types, like ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph, and how all our bodies are different. And, you know, what you look like when you can do, for example, five push-ups versus 10 push-ups versus what someone else like physically looks like at that same level of strength is completely different, right? And so to use these transformation photos, um, and now we're starting to see in the media, like mainstream, it's coming out that transformation photos actually aren't helpful because it's saying there's something fundamentally wrong with you before and there's something fundamentally better after. And uh, that's just not like the most helpful mentality, which is you know, some people agree, some people disagree, but overall, I agree with the sentiment of that. And anywho. So we'll, we'll just pause real quick with your story. So you kind of like went from having this great culture at dance, which is like, as you also mentioned, kind of shocking. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, kind of have the bad mentality when they're a dancer with the diets and looking a certain way, but you had this really good experience there. And then when you were put more into the gym atmosphere. That's when you know you were given the spreadsheet of what goal do you have? Like check off what aesthetic you're looking for or what transformation have you gone through this week? You like kind of started to get into that a little bit. And so how did you start to get out of that mindset again? Yeah, great question. I think it, it, it honestly wasn't so much the gym itself. It's like I was in a big box gym. It's called Good Life in Canada. Um, I, I know you don't have to say it's probably like a gold or 24 hour life lifetime fitness, that kind of thing. And so it's not, they just kind of, okay, you sign up for a membership and you can go use the equipment. It's a free for all. So I'm trying to figure out how like navigate this landscape. So of course I turned to Instagram where, you know, pretty much every girl my age would turn to. And that's where the culture started to like really influence me. Anywho, Long story, before I started doing I did that program for about six months and I realized like these workouts are hard, they're effective, but I'm not having any fun. Like I just wasn't enjoying it. I was going off to college. So I went off to college, kind of was doing my own thing, like would do circuits. I tried a few classes, but not the same kind of quality or experience as it was at, at Good Life. And I had always kind of thought to myself, when I go to university, I want to become a group fitness instructor because one of the instructors who, who had really said to me, she's like, Jessica, you're really good at this. Like, have you ever thought about becoming an instructor? I was like, oh, thanks, Hillary. But you know, I'm 16. Like, I don't think I, I can yet. Like, and, and she's like, well, you know what? Like, that's what I, I went to university and she went to university, like a, a, a nearby school. And she's like, I got certified there. I started teaching for the gym. I, you know, I got paid to work out, helping other people is the best kind of like going out, spending money. And then two years later, I got a job right away. I got hired right away at Good Life because I already had two years of teaching experience. And I was like, okay, cool. And I actually also worked for Good Life when I was in high school, like my, my for eight months during senior year. So I had talked to like literally the regional group fitness manager who also said, she's like, yeah, if you want to be a group fitness instructor, like we can't hire you if you're going away to college because you're eight months here, four months there. It's not like, but go teach for your school come out and for sure you'll have no problems getting hired, right? Okay, cool. So I'm trying to figure out, it's not really a, a popular thing that many people say, I'm going to college to become a group fitness instructor. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of people are, I'm going to go and join the dance team or the football team, or I'm going to go and get involved with XYZ, but not many people say I want to be a group fitness instructor. So they didn't really have a program to do it. I just signed up, did my search over reading week, and then started shadowing. But really the instructors didn't know how to have a shadow in the class. So I just basically did the class. I just watched the class and that was my shadowing. 
Anywho, then go home for the summer. Actually, I didn't even go home. I went abroad. Um, and then September started teaching, and I taught at 7 a.m. on a Thursday morning all semester. That was my time slot, 7 a.m. on a Thursday, which, like, if you're working full-time, that's like, oh, you, you didn't get the 5 or the 6. Like, you got the 7. No, seven's like, early for college students. Yeah, that's rough for a college kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, like – trying to convince people to come to 7 a.m. class was hard. Uh, really good experience. And I think that's when that mindset started to shift of, okay, if I'm going to be at the front of the room, like leading people, being a leader in maybe not a wide scale, but in my community to do with fitness, how can I possibly preach fitness if, you know, I'm, I, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm not liking what I see and I'm, and that's not from like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet or okay, I'm going to, it was really like, how can I be an effective leader if, you know, I want to talk about accepting your body no matter what stage you're at and coming and going back to that like true group fitness environment, because I think I haven't been to any group fitness environments that are really like, you know, leave here today. And if you do the same amount of pushups as last week, like that's a lot. Like they're like, you know, you come, you do what you can, you do your best. And as long as you leave feeling good that's like the goal. And I think that's, that's true across pretty much most, most group fitness experiences, at least that I've gone to. So that's where that mindset started to shift was like, if I want to help other people, I need to help myself first. I need to like change from within. So kind of slowly started this process of, you know, going from comparing my body in the mirror, like on a weekly or even daily basis to, you know what, it, it doesn't really matter what I look like if I'm providing really great classes and helping people have fun, that's the goal. Um, but of course, that, like that's the positive side. There still kind of was that dark side of like almost this weird inverted, okay, I'm like a leader. Like I should look more fit than I do. And I actually wasn't had a conversation with another trainer who's like my aunt's trainer who's significantly, she's probably like mm, a good 10, 15 years older than me. Like she's been personal training for a long time. And she's like, I still get like that too. Like I should look a certain way to be a personal trainer. And then I was like, what is that? That's so messed up also. Like, the, you know what I mean? And that's when I kind of let it go, but I felt like that for a while too. Anywho, so I, I taught all through second year, first half of third year. I went on exchange. Um, so study abroad. I'm obviously not teaching in a 13-hour time difference. And, then, and there's no online at this point, right? And then came back early because of, that's when COVID hit. So I came back. That was this past March. And then that's the past like four or yeah, four and a half years. And then the past six months or yeah, has been a whole different Whole different ball game. Yeah, so I love that. So you were starting to teach these classes. You are at the front of the class, speaking to you know not a huge crowd, but maybe like ten to twenty people. And it's like, okay, how can I make sure that my messaging is good for them? Because as you said, you know, like if you don't personally feel confident with yourself, if you don't feel like you know you're happy with your body, then that's kind of what you project onto others. So I love that. That's kind of what started to help make that transformation for you at the same time i think it shouldn't have taken so long like it shouldn't have taken me being at the front of the room to be like wake up jessica like that's not okay you know and so that's something that i i think oh, the, also the other part is how instagram ties into this so i started sharing publicly i had a fitness instagram that i started this fitness instagram like that's where i would post between me and my two friends post these transformation photo transformation photos and then you know, take pictures of workouts or, or healthy meals, whatever, all private. And I would use it to follow other people for inspiration. So that was really helpful. And then 
as I started, you know, then I kind of archived all those posts and started sharing with just my participants, a private account. And then at the end of second year, before third year, I was like, I don't want these people to forget about me over the summer. So I made the account public and I started sharing. And then that's when I really started writing these like reflective pieces about body image, about health and fitness and just getting up and getting moving. And so I think for my participants as well, like they're seeing the during class, they're during the workout, but they're also seeing this like bef- like before and after class, not before and after picture, but before and after class of, you know, being able to connect with me on a deeper level other than someone who just is a smiling face that teaches a fun workout. Uh, so I think that Instagram is also a part of that mindset shift as well. Yeah. Yeah, because especially, you know, they see you up there teaching the class. And then if you're able to relate to them of, no, I've had these struggles too, or I'm currently even going through them, you know, that makes it a lot more relatable of, okay, you know, even if you are working out every single day, that doesn't mean that your problems are automatically solved, (laughs) right? Like, it's not like you're like, oh, I've got this fitness thing down. My confidence is through the roof. Oh, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. I I sometimes even think like I've posted a few times. I'm like, if I had body that I thought I wanted from that first 12 week challenge, like, you know, I, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. It's kind of crazy to think about. And like, it hasn't ever been about those physical changes. But in some ways, like that kind of almost in a weird way, like that wanting that transformation photo, like kept me showing up for a long time until I realized like with, through my IBS, like what a difference it actually made. And that's why I tell people, show up, like just show up and make it about feeling good in that moment or in that week and noticing how you feel after one workout when you get that endorphin rush. And once you start showing, the okay, the first week, maybe you're like, this feels weird. I'm uncomfortable. My body's sore. I don't really think this is helping my life or, you know, I'm too busy. But if you stick it out for a few weeks and you actually build regular physical activity, in a form that you enjoy into your routine, you will notice a difference. Like it's not a maybe type thing of there are, you know, scientific like proven benefits of you will be more productive and you will have more energy and you will feel better and you will have more confidence. Like all of these things will happen if you stick it out for even just a few weeks to really feel that difference. But if you show up one time and then go home and you're like, but I haven't lost five pounds yet. Well, then, you know, it's going to be really hard to motivate yourself to show up enough times to make it a habit where you feel better. Um, Exercise is not optional. It's a non-negotiable. It's not something like a nice to do when you have time. Like it is a must do for your health. You need to exercise minimum two and a half hours a week. That's the national standard. Two and a half hours total over the entire week of getting your heart rate up and getting moving, that's not unreasonable. And we all have the same amount of time in a week. So, you know, if you feel like you don't have time, go check the screen time report on your phone. That's what I always tell my friends. Check the screen time report on your phone and then tell me that, you know, you, you can't make two and a half hours somewhere in your week. Um, to do, and it doesn't have to be a, a chore, right? It doesn't have to be circuits of burpees. Like, go play pickup sports. Go to a dance class. Go to group fitness class. Go, okay, maybe go lift heavy weights. Like, go on a run. Whatever it is for you that you actually enjoy, like find that and then go do it because, um, you know, life's too short to do exercise that you don't like. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. And I love what you're saying with, you know, if you just show up once and then you're like, oh, I didn't lose the weight. Cause I think that 
you know, that's also where the social media comes in a little bit, right? Like you kind of compare yourself to what other people are doing and you're like, oh, well, I still don't look like that, right? So then you start to get like, oh, why am I doing this? You know, you kind of get in your head a little bit. So I love, you know, that you're all about movement that you enjoy. You have officially made it to the end of this week's episode, but part two with Jess comes out on Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that episode and tell a friend if you enjoyed this. You know, you made it all the way through. I'm sure you liked it. So go tell a friend and I will see you Thursday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.